0: press brought to you by geek vibes nation this episode is entitled big Bola embezzlement uh uh with with a with a capital b on the third letter of uh embezzlement um i really tried to find like something that would begin with b but met, like nothing nothing worked so i went i went with embezzlement i had to settle uh Juwan, you know the struggle when coming up with titles uh give me give me a, a, a letter grade on this one uh, a to F, uh, wh- wh- what are you going to give me here?
1: I'm going to give you a solid A, man. I'm going to give you a solid A. All right. it's, uh, it's not as easy as people think. It's definitely very difficult.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, thank you. Uh, I-, I always appreciate a solid A. Uh, and also joining us tonight is Luke. What up,
2: Luke? Not much, y'all. Glad to be back.
0: Indeed, sir. Uh, man. It's been a while. Uh it's been over a week. Uh of course we we took last Thursday off to uh enjoy the first day of March Madness. And we'll get into uh some of our tournament takeaways, but we do have some some uh news out the gate before we get there. Um starting with Lonzo Ball. Um we try so hard to get away from talking Lakers, but <laughs> inevitably somehow it just always comes back to the Lakers or somebody on the Lakers, <laughs> but anyway, so Lonzo Ball uh, recently made the decision to remove co-founder of Big Baller Brand, Alan Foster, uh, after he could not account for 1.5 million missing dollars from both the company and Lonzo's personal funds. We've seen a slew of different things um, since this decision was made. Um, now for a little context here uh it, he actually came he's a he, he's a family friend um and actually came to be a family friend because uh lonzo uh was friends with his son um and that's like you know how he was able to ingratiate himself into the ball family um so uh so that i mean it seems like from everything that you know that I've read uh that you know, I mean he he has been around for a while. Now obviously that he had previously been arrested and served time uh for fraud and, you know, once, you know, Nike or not Nike, um I think it was a uh, S I or perhaps ESPN uh was doing an interview with Lonzo uh and mentioned it to him and he said he was not aware of that and that he was gonna look into it. Well subsequently he has looked into it. Um and Things don't look good on that end. Um, now, to further this story, uh, we had like an Instagram post, and then a response um, from Lamelo, uh, maybe indicating that Lonzo won't be with Big Baller Brand, uh, or will maybe um, you know uh, close up shop on Big Baller Brand and sign a deal with Nike. Um, a lot of things to unpack here, but uh, what do you take away from this story, Juwan, uh, as it pertains to all of the, you know, ins and outs uh, with Lonzo Ball breaking ties with Alan Foster, uh, you know, a founding member of Big Baller Brand?
1: Well, I, I do know that the guy was reportedly claiming that he did not take the money, like, as far as, like, for, for him personally, um, but that's worse. Um, I, I guess I would kind of prefer you to have taken it than for you to say, I don't know where the money is. Um, but it, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of just like you can't you can't bring everyone with you. Like not everybody is meant right. to be with you. Um, and you hear that a lot of especially um, black kids that, that grow up, that don't come from much. They feel as though everyone that was with them on their way up should be with them. Uh, and that is not right. the
0: case. Mike that Tyson is, not the case. is probably the best example of that.
1: Yes, I would definitely agree. Um, because quickly what you find out is is that some of them just don't have any skills. So they revert back to what they know. Um, that is how you get that much money missing. Um, so it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, it, and it's going to sound bad when I say this, but it's a live and learn. Um, and the reason I said it sounds bad is because the, you learning from this means you just lost millions of dollars. Um, but it's still a valuable lesson to, to you know, to learn definitely. But I will say as far as Lonzo going with Nike, I believe, um, is who he was going with.
0: Yeah.
1: He kind of didn't do that's, himself that's any favors.
0: Not been confirmed. Sorry, I'm sorry. But that's the speculation as of now.
1: Right, that he might be with Nike. Um, I don't think he did himself any favors for two reasons. One, you came into the league when a lot of these shoe companies wanted you, and you could have just robbed them blind. Um, and two, you haven't played up to being drafted as high as you were. Like, there was a lot of talk um, of Lonzo being, you know, such a gifted passer, such a, a great player, a team guy and everything. I and mean, he's kind of fallen flat. Now, again, for whatever reasons, whether you want to say injuries or just kind of meshing with teammates, whatever. Um, so, to me, if I'm Nike, I'm lowballing you like crazy. Oh, um, to,
0: hell yeah. to me,
1: it's like that's what every shoe company is going to do. One, because you made us look bad by starting your own shoe company. And two, it's not like you came out of the gate like LeBron, so it's like what do I need to pay you a crazy amount of money for? It's not going to make itself up. So there's not a bunch of kids out there jumping to buy Lonzo. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like he, unfortunately, because of his dad, put himself in a very, very crazy spot when it comes to making money from sponsorships because a lot of them were rubbed the wrong way with them trying to come out of the gate and build their own brand. Um, And now it kind of seems like now that it didn't work and you're not generating that income, you need us. And whenever that is the case in business, you will never come out looking good. Yeah, and it's funny
0: that you mention the injuries because, I mean, there has been some reporting that would suggest that, you know, Lonzo's had three uh, different ankle injuries. And there has been some reporting that maybe he is not, you know, his his feet and ankles aren't as protected as they should be um, by the shoes that he's been wearing, uh, which, you know, he often wears the big baller brand shoes. Um, now he has said he feels like perfectly comfortable in them. No discomfort. Like he, he likes them just fine. Um, but there's a difference between a shoe being comfortable and a shoe protecting you. Um, I, I don't, I mean, obviously none of us know, you know, what, what the deal is there as far as, if, if those shoes may or may not have contributed to his injury. Um, But obviously it's something that the Lakers uh, front office has had some concern with, um, you know, since they brought it up. And, you know, ultimately Lonzo uh, said, you know, he was cool with whatever. Like if they wanted him to wear different shoes, he would wear different shoes. It wouldn't, it it would be fine with him. Um, Which I think, I think Lonzo has, Done a really good job of being a team guy. I think he's been a um, surprisingly, um, like, very solid defender in the league. Obviously, his injury concerns, um, his inability to consistently make jump shots or free throws, um, those are obviously very concerning things. Uh, but I would agree with you, Juan. I I don't think. I don't see any way in which he gets the bag that he could have gotten had he just signed the deal, um, you know, coming in, because there was so much hype behind him uh, when that happened. And the fact that, you know, he basically deferred to his father and put his father in control, um, or let his father have control there, rather, um, didn't do him any any service, any services. Um, and I think he's kind of starting to see that now, um of course, you know, before he inevitably parted ways with Foster, um, kind of again deferred to his father to, to try and figure um figure out the situation, which I guess it would either appear that um Lavar, you know, said, Hey man, maybe we should split with this guy or Alonzo, if you you know, want to read into his post of um him being his own man, uh, made this decision for himself. Um but anyway you cut it i think i don't i don't want to focus too much on levar cuz we don't know all the ins and outs but anyway you cut it i think that lonzo cutting ties with his dad such close ties with his dad um probably bodes well for him uh both in the short term and in the long term and honestly in their own relationship because you know i mean it, it, you I don't feel like you can really blame your son for wanting to make you know make his own way um I, I mean I I feel like Lavar is a good father I feel like he does care about his kids a lot and if if he if he's the guy that I kind of peg him as um then I would think that he wouldn't be that upset about that um and that's better than you know essentially not letting that happen and then ruining your relationship with your child um so i would I, mean, say I, that, I, I yeah
1: no i was just gonna say i would say part of the the thing that that is gonna that ended up hurting them uh on the back end is if lavar had of done it to where he did a partnership with one of these uh big shoe companies like did a partnership to where Obviously, he's out there running his mouth, and, you know, Lonzo's backing it up with his game. Uh, What you could have done is once you've built your core fan base, like you got a bunch of people buying the Lonzos and stuff like that, that is when you take the genius idea of saying, you know what, I'm going to use all this money that we've generated through these shoes, and I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to start doing our own shoes and stuff like that, because that way you've learned how the shoes were made. You've learned like, he's made, you know, partners and stuff like that. So, it would have been an Correct. easier transition for you rather than starting it on your own. Then when it failed and then Lonzo looked to go to an actual shoe company, they're all like, dude, we just saw you fail. Like, we know you need us. So, yeah, here's right. $2 million instead of the maybe ten he could have gotten when he was first drafted. So, right. that would be one of their biggest mistakes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just leaving money on the table, basically. Um, But, uh, Luke, going to throw it over to you here. Uh, What are your thoughts on this whole saga, this whole story here?
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys have, like, pretty much touched on all of them. But it's just – it's interesting because um, you guys keep on saying, like, he's going to get the shoe deal. But I'm not here thinking, like, he's going to have to wait. I mean, they're not going to just automatically, like, he just got off, uh, you know big baller brand and everyone's out to like ready to sign him. i mean you still have all these kids that are going to come through the draft that they're going to probably rather sign to i mean not even them just being mad right now at him for like what he did and starting his own brand it's just the whole that like you guys said he's been injured he doesn't really have a name i mean yeah you're in los angeles i mean i guess you can get some of that but for you know, really, now <laughs> yeah for now but i mean you just you haven't been the player and all that so and so all these kids that are about to come out of the draft, they're going to get all their shoe deals because they're doing the right thing. So I think it hurt Lonzo, you know, right now. And it's, you know, it might hurt him in the, in the long end, but I think it's, it's going to help him just stepping away from it. And, and like you said, I mean, you can't really read too much into the whole like with him and his dad, but I think he made this decision for once in his life and he's sticking with it. And I think it's a good one. And hopefully just stepping like separating himself with his dad, and this summer, you know, get back to being healthy, Um, you know, get into a shoe, you know, find a shoe for you. I mean, maybe he does get a shoe deal and all that, or just start wearing some better shoes. I mean, I, I'm not going to completely blame the ankle injuries because it can happen in any shoe, but I do blame it on right. that shoe. I mean, there's a lot of technology that's gone into these shoes and these companies that have been there for years and have failed in all that. And so their technology, I mean, Zion blowing out of a Nike is a freak accident or just just showing you, like, Zion is a, a freak of a specimen. Like, their shoes are going to have to, like, refigure. Like, that shouldn't happen. Nike even was just like, yo, whoa, like, our shoes are better. Like, they they put that science into their shoes and all that, where I highly doubt Big Baller brand did. I mean, they were getting these shoes probably really cheap, selling them for, like, a, Way more than what they're worth. They're probably like in, $500. Like China <laughs> getting, yeah, China getting manufactured. There's no technology behind it. I mean, this kid has never really had ankle injuries in college. It's not like he was known at UCLA for, like, oh, he's going to turn his ankle or something like that. And now he's right. wearing these shoes that just don't look anything. I mean, so I think it's going to help him just even just getting out. Like he said, I think too, that he's going to wear the Kobe's. It's like, good, wear a good shoe. Yeah. Like, Wear a shoe that's going to, like, you know, get to the summer, start training, being healthy, getting a good shoe that you can finally, like, maybe his confidence down his head. Like, man, I can't really play in these shoes, and I'm worried, like, all the time. Now he's, like, can get his confidence back, and we can see that Lonzo that was all that hype behind him coming out of college, being that good team player. I mean, he like, like you said, Nick, he's a great defender. Like, a lot of people yes. don't really see that in him, but he's, like, like, a key defender for them and probably like one of the better point guard defenders. But I think if he oh, can yeah. just like zone, he, he could finally have a summer of being healthy and not having to deal with an injury and just really get back into his game, step away from his dad, the business because now he's not having to run a business or just put his like mindset into it. You know, he's going to like Nike, Adidas, even Puma, like all these companies are going to have their marketing team. That's going to be like, we're marketing for you. So I think it's just a lot of that stress is now taken off of him. And he can just get back to basketball, and I think that's all Lonzo wants. It's just really just play basketball and not have to worry about it. And then maybe, you know, a year from now after he does really good, he gets that shoe deal that he could have got. But I think for right now, and I don't really see people jumping, like companies really jumping at him because, I mean, I there's a lot of kids in college I could probably get for cheaper, and they're going to have a, like a hot name right now too. So, I, I mean, he might have to play the waiting game. But like I said, it's just – I think in the end, it was a smart basketball decision to – to step away from the company, get into, you know, a better shoe. Like you, you're you understand that it's it's a bad shoe for you. And, you know, just get to your game. So I like it for Little I think it's a...
1: No, I was just saying it'll also on, hurt him if he gets traded. If he gets traded, that'll hurt him a lot. Um because if he gets like let's just say that the trade for A D goes to and he gets sent to the Pelicans. Um, I do feel like that will shake his confidence a little bit, and that's such a small market. I, I know Nick. You, you, uh, I think you were the one that was telling me like um, New Orleans isn't that small of a market, um, and AD being there kind of helped grow that market a little bit. But I kind of think if you're no, a big I said shoe that company, about
0: Toronto.
1: Oh, about Toronto. New Orleans okay, is fine, a
0: small but... market. <laughs> like Got New Orleans you, okay. is one of the smallest. To... Like yeah.
1: I was thinking, I was like, no, maybe it wasn't It was New Orleans. But to me, if I'm a shoe company, I'm more interested in you being in L.A., mainly because you get a lot of TV games. Um, you're playing next to LeBron. People are, are watching it. So, in turn, they're seeing those shoes, you wearing those shoes. If you get shipped over to um, New Orleans, not many people watch those games because not many of them are going to be televised. Nope. Um, So to me, if I'm a shoe company, I I do agree with Luke in the sense of maybe he doesn't have a deal on the horizon because a lot of these shoe companies are waiting, and if they're smart, they wait until after they know for sure Alonso will be either in L.A. or New Orleans before they give him that money because I want to give money to a guy who's going to be on TV a lot so people can see the shoe. Right.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, One that I hadn't, you know, fully considered as far as you know will he get one sooner rather than later i still think he gets one i think um sooner rather than later um i just think it like like we said at the beginning or like you said Juwan, it, it'll be a small it'll be a low ball offer um but you know what i mean for now like these these shoe contracts you know they they don't run for you know a super long time i mean unless you're lebron and you sign the lifetime contract or whatever um but yeah i mean i think i think ultimately he still w- would get one it's just not going to be what it what it would have been um you know gotten it right out the gate but you know it's it's a it's there's a lot of lessons here um a uh, lesson in nepotism um you know and you know in, in you know like you said Juwan, who you trust um who you, who you take with you so to speak um and and ultimately you know i agree with you luke i think um just getting back to playing basketball should be his focus right now. I don't even think the shoe deal aspect of everything, I don't think that should be his focus. I think um just leave that to your agent, you know, let him let him do that for you. That's why you have an agent. Um and you just focus on basketball and, you know, getting healthy and doing what the team needs, you know, whether that be the Lakers or whether it be a different team. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how it all pans out um but yeah i'm, I'm you know happy I, I put it this way i'm happy that it seems like lonzo was able to take this negative and turn it into a positive um and that's um you know something that we all have to learn at some point in life and good that he you know was able to learn it at a much younger age than a lot of people um so good on him uh we're uh, we're rooting for you lonzo um and uh you know keep your head up and you know like do your thing, whatever it is you want to do If you want to keep big ball Brand, do it if you want to sign with Nike and they want you do it like um but you know definitely make your own decisions and um you yeah, know that's that's you know what he what he what he's got to do at this point um anyway, let's move on uh only spent twenty minutes talking about uh a, a Lakers topic so nice like we we, we we shaved that down a lot from the last. Last couple of weeks, we brought him up. Brought up. Um, let's talk about an actual Western Conference playoff team. Uh, we, we talked about it last week about how McCollum um, had suffered an injury and would miss some extended time. Um, now we got even worse news coming out of uh, Portland. Yusuf Nurkic will miss the remainder of the season after suffering a broken leg against the Nets on Monday. Man, this fucking sucks. Like, this is, um, I mean, of course, sucks for Nurkic. Nurkic is having the best season of his career. He's arguably been the second best player on that team this season. Um, you know, I mean, McCollum's kind of had a down year, and he's had a really good year. Um, he's meant so much to that team. Um, and they have him on a, you know, pretty reasonable contract. Um, so, you know, for the next. 3 years after this season um so like everything you know was kind of you know especially before the McCollum injury was was trending in the right direction for the Blazers and in the last 10 days you know everything seems to kind of be falling apart and setting them up for another first first round exit um again this season I I just hate to see it cuz I love Dame's commitment to that team I love CJ's commitment to that team Um, they haven't always made, made the best decisions as far as how to utilize their, um, you know, their, their cap and their, um, their, uh, their money and free agency, which is unfortunate. Um, they are hit or miss with draft picks as are every team. Um, but you know, I, I still feel like Zach Collins should pan out to be a pretty decent pick. I thought he would have a better season than he's had this year. Um, But he's going to have to step up. Obviously, you have Cantor, you have Myers Leonard. Um, What do you make of this injury, Luke? And and what do you think they need to do in the short term? Obviously, they're going to have a a big playoff series coming up. Um, How would you handle the absence of Nurkic in the short term with the guys that they have in their rotation?
2: No, I mean, it's absolutely devastating. I mean, I was watching it last night, especially like right at the end of the game too, just like, oh, man, just hard to stomach. <clears throat> I really hope he gets back, you know, to you know to his health and everything. He comes back, you know, stronger than ever. It just it's, – it's tough to see an injury like that. And like you've been saying, just for a playoff team that was making a push, I mean, Portland's definitely one of those teams that was trying to like get home court advantage and all that. And, or like keep it or be one of the higher seeds and all that. And just to get this right at the end of the I mean, they're probably going to miss CJ for the rest of that. I mean, they should just miss him for the rest of the year right now. I mean, I know they pushed it back five more games. Might as well just sit him. But I mean, it's really tough how you're going to be able to manage those minutes. I mean, he really had a lot to do with this, uh with this team. Like you were saying, I mean, he's been way more involved. I think that's kind of been a little bit tough to CJ's game because it kind of diverted from making it just a Dame CJ team to like maybe more Dame and put, uh, you know, start involving him a lot more. So I think that's what's he. So maybe, you know, this could be a plus side for CJ. He definitely needs to come out in the playoffs and all that and step it, you know, step it up and all that. But it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. I mean, it's good that they got Ennis Cantor, um, because he's a he's he's a big pickup. I mean, he's not gonna be able to just jump in and get those minutes. But at least he's he's a big body who can get you rebounds and um, possibly like twelve points. But he's definitely gonna get you a lot of rebounds and all that. I mean, now you can possibly see a lot more out of Collins. I mean, you guys have been a lot more higher than um, on him than I ever have. So maybe we, we can finally see what he, what what he's finally capable of. I mean, this is gonna put, but. It's it's just t- it's it's gonna be tough, man. I mean, right before the playoff run and all that, the the whole team's basically gonna have to you know change their their game set. I mean, what their whole game plan too. I mean, it's gonna make it easier for teams too, especially if is not a hundred percent coming out of the gate for teams to definitely you know game managing and like what they're gonna do. I mean, definitely double Damien and be like, no more Damien time, no more. You know, we're not going into that and just double up on him and make the rest of the team beat him. I mean, I'd be confident of that. I just, I don't want to see another four and like you know, them just lose four straight uh, and get swept or even just like even winning one. I mean, I've always believed Portland's a better team than what they, they end up like panning out to be in the playoffs. And like you say, I just, Dane's been so committed to this team. I think everyone has, and the whole city and, like, you know, the, they thought, the. I mean, I, I felt strong that they could definitely get into the next round of the playoffs, but it's going to be tough at this point, you know, what they're going to be able to do, who they're matched up against. I mean, right now it's against Utah. I mean, that's, that's still a good matchup for them because, you know, they, they do have Gobert, but, I mean, what we saw last year, what teams could do to him in the playoffs. And when you, put, you switch off them, so you're going to be running small. But it's going to be tough, I mean. It just you—you you never want to see this for a team right at the end of the year that is actually in the playoffs, and they were actually playing for something. It's not like they were just like kind of playing the game coasting and didn't care. I mean, they're—they're they're playing for a better seed and all that, and just—just just devastating.
0: Yeah, I mean the the three seed was you know theoretically within reach, um, but they definitely looked like they were had the four seed. They definitely looked like they had home court advantage, um, but. I mean, I just don't see that happening at this point. Jawan, your thoughts?
1: I I haven't seen the injury. Um, I don't want to see the injury. Uh, injuries like this, um, Nick. I believe me and you were uh, me and you were talking about this before. Seems more common. Um, you know, whether it's college or or pros, it seems more common in the past ten years. And I remember, like any time before. Um, and it's just scary. It, it, it makes it scary to to watch some of these games because um, these are gruesome injuries. Like, this isn't like, oh, a guy fell on his back and, and you know, he had to be carted off as like, he fell on his back wrong. Like, this is like, no, like, legs going wrong ways and, and stuff. So, um, it, it, it's tough. It, it really is because, obviously, you don't know when it could happen. The Gordon one was, was a shocker. I actually saw, I yeah. think it was the, the Louisville game. Um, that college game with that kid's bone, I think, came out. Like, I saw that live, and that really just made me just – I was like, I don't know if I could watch games like this where this stuff can happen. Like, it looked like Mortal Kombat. Like, it was crazy. So, yeah, that was just – you know, it's truly unfortunate. But uh, as you were saying, Luke, before of um, hoping everything works out, I think – and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong – they said the surgery wasn't a success, and there was no structural damage um, to, to any bones or anything. Um, so yes. he will have a, a a a full recovery. Um, probably won't come back for start of next season, but he will play basketball again. So it wasn't one of those you know, will he ever play basketball again? It seems like he will, but it'll be a Gordon, Paul George kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I kinda Luke, you kept saying like, you know, <laughs> Um, you kind of don't want to see them swept again. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of do, purely just to keep showing Dame, Dame, like, this. you can't do it here. Like, they, they aren't able to surround you with enough. You should look to go somewhere else. I don't want Damian Lillard to start to come out, uh, you know, once he fully enters his prime. I don't want him to spend his full prime uh, years on a team that can't. And I'm not saying won't or don't. They can't find uh, good enough pieces to put around them. Um, I mean, honestly, if, if I'm Portland, there's a chance CJ can't come back. Obviously, you just lost uh, one of your big men. I know you guys are going to say this isn't going to cure anything, and I agree. But just to kind of appease Damian Lillard, I would see if Melo would be interested in just coming coming on for for the ride of the playoffs. This is show, Dame. like you're trying to do something. Like you're not just going to yeah. watch them, you know, get get booted out in the four games. You want to show them I that you're committed to Dame. doing something. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. But it's something that I'm saying I would, I would discuss. Bring like to the wouldn't table. It would be a thing of – Yeah. Right. I wouldn't feel comfortable going into the playoffs with the roster that you currently have, with everything being kept in fact. Um, I was and that is one is of the teams
0: that people speculated for him. Like that's that you know, people were like, maybe he could find a, a nice role on on a team like this. Um, well, if you the remember, fact that he just has played so little this year would scare me. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's like why not? You know, at this point, I wouldn't have done it before this injury. Um, but no, neither. Neither. Like, why not? You I know.
1: I mean. Because at this point you look at it to where and don't forget Nick remember when Melo I think was a free agent or was um, on the trade block from the Knicks Damian Lillard had expressed this Lillard or right Lillard or McCollum but one of them had expressed like how excited they would be to play with Melo right so to me it's yes. like it's one of those things to where it's like Melo can okay come Melo but <laughs> right 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 yes um I look at it like this is he rusty? Of course. Of course. He hasn't played in, it seems like, <laughs> a full season. Um, but yeah. I look at it to where it's like he could come there and be mellow mainly because they don't really have, in, again, this is if CJ is completely out. They don't have anyone else Yeah, who's going to score the ball when
0: thing? Damian Lillard's sitting on the bench?
1: Right. Or even, Nick, like Luke said, what happens if he gets doubled? Because to me, that's what I'm doing off right. football, is doubling him. And I'm forcing someone else to yeah. beat me. So it's like if Melo sure. can come in and let, let's be realistic. Let's say he can only get you about 15. That's something because I can't see anyone that, else on that team that could get you 15 um, confidently. Um, so I will say me, this. it's just like you but, cannot play him and
0: Cantor together like that. You can't no, do that.
1: No, absolutely not. No, absolutely. You not. You got to bring like Myers not.
0: Leonard in there to play with him, and even that that's iffy. But you definitely can't play him with Cantor.
1: No, and also, um, if it wasn't for Golden State and their ties, if, if you're uh, Portland, you're kind of wishing, like, Bogut like, didn't come back yet. Like, <laughs> Bogut was just there right. talking about wanting to come back because that's definitely a guy you, you would have definitely wanted to, to lock up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, if you're Portland, go get a guy like Carmelo or specifically Carmelo Purely to show Lillard, we are committed to you and we're trying to do whatever we can to help you win. And because realistically, you don't have really anyone else that could help score besides Lillard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't love it, but at the end of the day, I I can't really, I can't definitively say that you're wrong here. (laughs) Like, I would, I would, and and mainly because i would i would argue this if he comes in there and he gives you like you said 15 valuable minutes for two out of the four games you play or maybe three out of the five whatever it ends up being um that i mean maybe that's enough for you know you to say hey like we we like how you contributed like we want to get you back in you know, on a on a minimum deal, and have you come in and and you know be try to be a part of this team um, if it works out, and you know if you're mellow, you're just looking for any opportunity, and if you're dealing with a team that gave you the opportunity on the playoff like framework uh, on that stage, like, maybe mellow's like you know what I got these two other teams that you know sit there interested because of you know. I played well enough, but, like, I'm going to stay with you guys because um, you gave me the chance. I mean, I, I don't know. I I think that's obviously a best-case scenario. I don't think this happens. Um, but I like where your head's at, at in the sense, Juan, of, like, I feel like you got to do something now. <laughs> um, and that may be the only something that you got up your sleeve um, at this point in time. So, yeah, I mean, I, fuck, like I said, why not?
2: um what
0: do
2: you think about that Luke um I wouldn't do anything not saying anything drastic because Sonny Mill is not drastic and like you say it's not bad just to add a body but I would just keep it in shop it's just it's you already gonna have to write this guy into like your whole system have to figure it out might as well just give more guys minutes and all that and just stick what you got sure. I mean I understand what you're saying with the uh, keep Lillard and like you know show him that you're committed to him but I think Lillard understands that Portland's pretty been pretty committed to him. I mean, they're I like I I understand John, you were saying like you felt like they're going to get swept, but I do feel like Portland's a good team, and no one's going to win in the West right now. While Golden State has a team like that, so no matter what, <laughs> even if they like were like a better of a team, they're, you're not going to be like the like Golden States and all that. So, might as well wait a year. I mean, they have a good. Right now, they're getting a lot. They're going to get out of a lot of money, and they can make trades. So, I do think Portland still. I, I think they're committed, and they're going to. They're going to have to figure out something if that's trading TJ and all that. But they were. They did have a stable kind of like thing going on this year before even this big injury. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I yeah, I, I hear, I hear you. Of, oh, I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead.
1: No, I just. I was saying, I'm just looking at it. I I don't necessarily disagree with you, Luke. I'm just looking at it from a sense of, like, let's say if Portland at least was getting to the second round, um, taking it to a game seven, um, but obviously they lost to, like, Houston or or Golden State, someone like that. You can go, all right, well, dude, like, it was Houston and Golden State. Um, But, like, you're now talking about who did they lose to last year uh, in the first round? New New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans and we're talking about they could possibly lose to the Jazz in the first round this year. If I'm Damian Lillard, I don't know how many more times I can keep saying, like, all right, well, yeah, it was Utah, and they're good, and, you know, uh, New Orleans had Anthony. Like, no, those are, those are what you call excuses. And I'm not saying, again, I was, I was trying to make it clear, I'm not saying that Portland's not trying to help Damian Lillard. They just don't know what to put around him specifically to build success to even build off of, like you could say if, of a semblance that, that could help Dame and they got to the second round. And, again, lost in seven games, cool. We know what we need to do for the, uh, the next year. But it's now been year after year after year after year after year. Um, and to me, it's just like if I'm Damian Lillard, it's like, yes, I'm going to keep saying that I'm here for my team. Um, but in the back of my head, I'm just kind of like I'm looking at Harden for the Western Conference Finals getting MVPs. I'm looking at Curry is working on his fourth ring. Clay is working on his fourth ring. Like, no, I want to start actually winning, being in Western Conference Finals, and it seems like Portland is not where, where I can do it. Again, I'm even willing to say give them until next year. Let's see what they can do in the offseason. But if we're facing this kind of scenario again next year, we we have to finally face the music of, this cannot be where Dane spends his full career because it will never be for meaningful meaningful uh, basketball games as far as Western Conference Finals or actual NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, and if he just waits, like, here's the thing. Like, he's 28. He's about to be 29 this off season. He's got two years left on his deal. Like, he's going to be 31 by the time he's a free agent again. Um, and can choose where he wants to go at that point it's like, dude, that's a little too late, you know um that's when we start to see the turn, if you will for for your average player um like he he's this is it, these next couple of years are basically it, so you know it, yeah, I mean if he doesn't i mean I feel like this this year is maybe a bad example of it um of course k d leaving can you know shake things up, make some differences. Um, but it's, it's nevertheless, it's still going to be tough. I mean, it's Portland's always been, you know, somewhat of a a difficult market, um, to, uh, to, you know, get free agents to, uh, come to, um, and they, you know, still have money, a lot of money on the books next season, uh, $126 million. Um, and that's, you know, without Al Farouk Aminu, Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, um, and Jake Lehman, who's been playing pretty well for him this season. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, I mean, I, I ultimately, I, I like the fact that he is so committed to the team, um, and at least it's not a situation where it's like Charlotte, where it's like Kimba's so committed to the team, but they can't even make the fucking playoffs. Um, so at least it's not on that level. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean you don't have you don't have very much longer um to, to to you know make things work. And, you know, I mean if he could find himself um be a trade, go into a team like the Lakers, uh and you know, playing alongside LeBron. Um we've seen that that matchup work in the past with LeBron and Kyrie. Um you know and, and, and Portland can get back a lot of young pieces. Um, you know that that could definitely be beneficial, and there's other teams out there as well. I mean, you know, for instance, if if Boston, um, you know, loses Kyrie, maybe they, you know, take some interest at in, in going out and getting Damian Lillard, um, and maybe they don't have to do a full rebuild. Maybe Boston's like, you know, we'll send you Gordon Hayward, um, and you know, some draft capital. Uh, So that way you can still have like a good player to pair with McCollum and still get draft capital. Um, You know, these are just, you know, theoretical possibilities, but um, it would be nice to see him on a, on a legit contender. And even if Katie leaves Golden State, I still don't feel like I would consider them a legit contender. Um, I just, I don't feel like they're at that level. Um, So yeah. I I mean, I, I totally hear where you're coming from there, Juwan. Um But, uh, Luke, do you have anything
2: else you want to add before we move on? Yeah, I just want to, I mean, I, I I want to clear up. I mean, I know they have a lot in the books next year, but after that, I mean, they got a little bit more money. And if you, the real ones on the books for them past, you know, the 2020 years, just C.J. Dame and Nurkic. So at least you you have a structured have written, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so other than, like, the rookie. So, you do have kind of a structure and all that to, like, kind of come back and, like, say, hey, we'll circle back to it. But I don't see them trading Dame if they're going to trade anyone at CJ. But it's it's pretty hard to trade CJ. That um that contract gets a little little dicey towards the end, going close to the max money in the 30s. So, I don't know. He's going to have to really prove something in this playoffs. But it'll be interesting. I mean, that's – you make a good point because, I mean,
0: I, I... – I feel like that would be difficult. Um, one trade that I was mulling over like um, a couple days ago was just like a maybe some like second round consideration in there, but not not really terribly important. But just like an Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore swap um, in the off season, um, the Hawks could use a backup point guard, um, and Evan Turner would fit that bill um, much better than uh, Bazemore does. Um, The Hawks have a lot of wing depth right now, and I suspect they'll probably have more um, after the draft. Um, So, you know, I think that could help, you know, the Hawks out. And if you're the Blazers, getting a guy like Bays who can play, you know, sort of your backup two, but also give you some minutes at three in a small ball lineup with Harkless at the four. Um, I I don't know. I think that may make a lot of sense. I mean, you're basically – I mean, I'm not saying it's making your team a whole lot better, but it's at least, at least giving you more positional versatility. Um, and it's giving you maybe a little bit more of what you need as far as um, both defensively. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Baysmore is not a great shooter. I think last year him shooting 39% from three is, is kind of an anomaly um, I, like that's, by far, the best season he's ever had from three in this season hasn't come close to that. Um, but he's still a much better shooter than Evan Turner. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that could be a win-win situation um, for for both teams. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just it's it's tough to make trades. though you know, I mean, here's the thing with Evan Turner, Mo Harkless,, uh, and Myers Leonard all becoming expiring contracts next year. That makes it easier to to move money around people the teams are much more willing to trade for expiring contracts um you know than than uh, you know something they have to commit to for two or three years um so maybe that helps maybe that puts them in a position to where they can make some kind of move um you know to just to kind of have you know almost like a last ditch effort um before dame and c j go into their final years uh you know on on you know, on the books, um, you know, I I don't know. I think that could make a lot of sense. Um, you know, that that they where they haven't been willing to pull risks like that, um, maybe they will as those contracts, um, you know, get get closer to the end, um, you know, of the agreement. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of things for them to figure out this off season, and we'll talk about that ad nauseum when we get there um but let's uh let's jump uh ahead uh to the NCAA tournament. Uh I just want to keep this kind of broad. Um like I don't want to go on any big spiel here. I'm sure the majority of our listeners watch the games or highlights or whatever. Um and if they didn't, they probably don't care about him because they're NBA guys. Um but just you know it, it, a takeaway or two um, that you had from, you know, the first couple rounds uh, of the NCL Blade Tournament. Uh, I'll go with you first on this one, Luke.
2: Oh, no, I mean, it was very interesting. I mean, I love the play. Um, I kind of take out, uh, besides, like, I'm um, committed to a team, and I think some team play, I kind of want to focus in on some guys that I'm going to be, like, looking on lower in the draft. Kids that, like, can maybe be something on this, because the draft, like you, uh, me mean you talked about, it's not as, highly, you know, thought as as previous drafts and before. So, I was trying to, you know, just take some, like, you know, bits and pieces out of it and, like, who's who and all that. And, I don't know, I saw some guys that could definitely help some teams later on in the draft. I mean, Washington, that Thiebus guy, Um, I can't think of his first name, but um, I think it's Thiebus. Give me Mateesh one second. Stiebel? Yeah, Mathis Uh I had heard Dude, of his name previously sympathy. that, like, yeah, like some people were talking about, like, yeah, he can be a guy that comes into a team, like, right now, you know, be your 3D guy who's just uh, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. So, I was like, you know, I'm going to really, like, I, I'd seen him play one game, but he didn't really stand out in my mind Of I've watched and I've watched this year. So, I was like, I'm going to, you know, keep an eye on them. And he really played good this first, that first game. I mean, nothing spectacular. His numbers weren't crazy, but he shot 50% from three. I mean, I only think he had, like, mm-hmm. 11 points, but I mean, it's still like he he kind of did everything right, and he was pretty good at D. I mean, the second game, Washington got, you know, beat down and all that, but I was just still, like, still surprised, and, you know, I I do consider him being, like, he could, not a steal, but a very solid player for a good playoff team, you know, a later uh, drafting team that's like, you know, you're not going to get yeah. these guys with the high upside and all that, so that was one. Another one was um, the Taco Carlton Zion, Matchup, I loved it. Um, Felt bad that he kept uh, running into uh, fouls, but um, it made me think: uh, seven footers like that, uh, you know, in today's game, do they work? Does he? Can he pan out? He's a senior, so do you think anyone you know drafts him? I mean, the first game he has five blocks and all that, really has a good game for UCF. So it's, I was just thinking. I mean, I don't know if he really fits in today's game, but he's just so big. It was just so fun to kind of like. Watch a guy that was just also as unstoppable to stop when he's down low as Zion. So it was just like kind of interesting watching that that matchup. And I was fully yeah, you get him the ball in the thing. Paint. like it's it's, it's going just it. Yeah, just turn yeah. around. And dunk. I mean, he could like just he didn't even have to do anything.
0: Could practically jump.
2: <laughs> yeah, so th- that those were like the big thing. And then there were some some guys that I was like, all right, time to you know see if you can improve your. Your stock of what it has been. I mean, just got to say a quick little thing for my, my Kentucky guy, Cullen Johnson, man. You know, he's really – I think he's – I mean, he not yeah. really fell off, but I think he's coming back into, like, the, the top ten. I mean, he he's definitely showing. And, I mean, without P.J. Washington being there, so that's even more light pressure for Kentucky. And I really think he, like, you know, held ship. He's been doing it all year. So, there's some of those I guys. I just wish those, Higgins like, would get in the ball more, though, man. Like, yeah. I don't want
0: Hagan shooting any more fucking threes this whole damn tournament. <laughs> like, if, if Oh, if trust he, me. You're if,
2: not the only one.
0: <laughs> like, dude, if if he's, like, dribbling up the clock, uh, you know, and credit, credit Walford's defense in that game. But, man, he, he hurled up a couple late shot clock threes that I'm just like, oh, fuck, why? <laughs> like, um, and, you know, like, I... I I don't know exactly how many shots Johnson got in that second game. I know it wasn't as many as the first game because he dominated in that first one. Um, but like, I I don't think he quite got enough shots, and it doesn't it doesn't worry me. Um, like a, a lot of people talk about like um, passiveness or um, a, a lack of aggression uh, to you know want to be the guy and to want to score like that kind of stuff doesn't worry me um, uh, as much. As disinterest, um, and he doesn't seem disinterested. Um, I mean, when when they called that fourth bow on him, like you could tell he was fucking interested. Um, So like he he doesn't strike me as like an Andrew Wiggins type who's just like coasting and not paying attention, and you know uh, just doesn't seem all that interested in, in getting better. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I, I like that shutout. Cause I mean, you know, I've been high on him all season. He's dropped, the, dropped a little bit on my board. I think I had him at seventh still when I actually sat down and did my big board. Uh, my most recent one, the volume three, um, maybe eight. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he's still up there, man. I mean, he's got the right build. Um, he shoots really well. He's a good shooter. Um, and that's, you know, something that, you know, all teams need and all teams want. And, I mean, you don't have to be any kind of genius to, to figure that out. I mean, you can literally just pull up his fucking stats. Um, you know, he, he's just a very um, – seems to be, uh, you know, based on his stats, a very reliable shooter. Um, and you couple that with, you know, his, his build and his frame. He's got all the
2: intangibles for sure. Oh, yeah, man, I just love it. Then – one more quick thing. I don't want to keep on feeling like a lot of the topics because I know there's probably some things. That, but um, another player that I'm interested in if he could be drafted and what he can do in the league is Fletcher McGee. I mean, he sets the NCAA no. record for the most threes. Do you think he can pan out? Not, not going to be a J.J. Redick, but – do you think he's going to pan out and maybe make a league or is he going to flake away and be a Jimmer for that, you know, never does anything? I mean, had a terrible yeah. game against Kentucky, but it definitely interested me. I mean, a guy that sets the NCAA record and threes and the way the game is going with, you want three point shooting. I mean, he doesn't, I don't really see any more upside than that, but I mean, does he have a shot in the NBA?
0: Uh, I doubt it. Um I mean, you never discount someone who broke that kind of record, Um, but you have to look at the context surrounding it all, Um, who he's playing against, what he's done when he's played against quote-unquote elite teams or just like, you know, not even elite teams, but just, you know, um, decent like good teams, uh, athletic teams. Um, And he has not done well when he's played against athletic teams. I think, you know, obviously we saw the Kentucky game. I think he had two or three other games. Uh, this season, where he played against, I think I think Walford played Florida State at some point, um, and a couple other games, um, and and he did not fare well in any of those games either. Um, if you can't fare, and and now again, all about context. You know, a lot of the rest of his team doesn't have the athleticism of the other teams, um, so you know you would expect him to have trouble creating his own shot. Um, and, you know, what is he? Yeah, I think he's 6'4", um, so, like, maybe he could be, you know, a, a, a shooting guard um, off the bench in the league. You're not necessarily looking for him to handle the ball like you wanted Jimmer to do. Um, so, you know, that maybe helps him a little bit, but I don't see it. I I, I don't see him... I just don't see him having the athleticism that you need to be good in this, this league. And I mean, that's the thing that's very underrated about players like JJ Redick and Kyle Korver, when he was, um, you know, uh, obviously in his prime, Um, he, you know, they, they just, they had very good athleticism, um, you know, for white guys. (laughs) I mean, we'll just be honest here. Uh, And like, I don't see that from this kid, unfortunately, Um, Now, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I kind of feel the same way about Taco, man. Um, I don't see him panning out to be um, in the league. It's just very rare nowadays that a guy of that size um, ends up making any kind of impact. The the clearest, you know, picture of that right now is obviously Boban. Um, But, I mean, we see, like, Boban's um, incredibly efficient, um, but he can only stay on the floor for so long. Um, and he's got kind of – he's a lot fuller. He's got like a lot fuller build um, than than a lot of these other guys that don't pan out. Um, I think they're interesting. I would definitely like to see them um, – I don't think either one will get drafted. I'll definitely look forward to seeing what summer league teams they end up on because we know I, – I would be – damn sure willing to bet they'll end up on a summer league team. And if they end up on a summer league team and they show out a little bit, like that could mean, you know, a two way contract or at the very least the, you know, some, some run in the G League. And then who knows? You know, I mean, there's always there's two or three players in every draft that everybody overlooks. I mean look at Lonzo Trier. Um everybody overlooked him and, you know, he's fucking been great this season. Um so yeah, we'll see. We'll see with those guys. I really do like Matisse Thibel though. I think he'll be um I think he could go even late first round. Um, as you were kind of insinuating, Luke. Um I would love it he falls to the early um second round and the Sixers get him. because um, I think he would be like kind of a perfect fit for them. Um just, you know, somebody who can come off the bench and actually play some fucking defense? And you know he's not a great shooter or anything, um, but they can work with him on that. Um, probably probably won't bring in Drew Hamlin this time, um, but you know they they could try to work in house with him on it. Um, but just having somebody who can play some defense, um, you know, hopefully they get Zaire Smith back and he can provide that. Um, but you know you, you can never have too many wings, and I think he would be um, would be a good a good pickup for them. Um, you know, I I think uh, he'd also be a good pickup for your Celtics, man. I don't know if they'd be willing to take him at twenty two. Um, that may be a little too early, but like, I mean, you, you couple like a, a a basically have a have a bench of Marcus Smart and Matisse Thibault, uh, like Lardon the second units and, you know, sometimes even the starting units, like, ain't nobody going to fucking score against that backcourt defense. So, I mean, that would just be fun to watch. Like, that would be night in, night, night in, night out basis, like, just fun defense to watch. I mean, I would already get such joy out of watching Marcus Smart play defense. If you put Diable next to him, man, like, that would just be, uh, that, that'd be a fucking shit show. That'd be so much fun. Um, but uh, let's... Let's uh, let's wind it back in here, um, Jawan. I'm going to go to you here. Uh, what what's uh, you know if you want if you got one big takeaway or or a couple um, just you know your takeaways from the NCAA tournament so far?
1: Um, it's exciting. Um, I, you guys know I'm not huge on college basketball, not because I don't think it's good or anything. Uh, it's, it's way too much to keep up with. Um, it's just way too <laughs> much. Um. But, yeah, no, you guys and I have been watching Zion very, very closely. Um, and, and that game was was scary. Uh, definitely was scary. I, I don't really get – I mean, I see a lot of people joking that, um, you know, uh, college college basketball wasn't – well, the NCAA uh, wasn't going to let Duke lose. I was kind of just like, no, I think you guys are, like, exaggerating a bit. And then I saw, like, that last play where Zion got the and one. And I was kind of like – that might have been an offensive foul, but it's, like, it's, it's the equivalent to um to playoff basketball. Like, when you're a star, you yeah. get the benefit of the doubt. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I get that. I, I do get that. And we see it a lot in the NBA. So, I mean, we can't look at it and go, oh, well, the fix is in. No, that's just how they officiate playoff basketball. Um, And we're in the, you know, the, <clears throat> the full ride of, of playoff basketball for, for college. So, but, yeah, I, if, if I'm being fair, that was an offensive foul. Like, if I'm just being completely sure. fair and non-biased. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I've been listening to, like, a bunch of people saying, like, is this, did they give the blueprint for how to beat Duke and stuff like that? And it's just one of those things where it's like, if Zion struggles, yeah, it's easy to beat Duke. <laughs> so, it's
0: like, <laughs> we
1: saw what they did not Yeah, that team when, pretty um, much was not by Zion. Right, and to me, it's like you saying that doesn't, you know, mean more or less for for that team. I mean, we we saw Cleveland a lot of the years with LeBron. Even when Kyrie and Kevin Love were there, we were kind of looking at that team like, no, they kind of live and die by LeBron. Like if LeBron, like, couldn't play four games or if LeBron just couldn't buy a shot, it's going to take a lot from Kyrie and Kevin Love. Um, to pull that team through the, the playoffs or whatever. So, to me, I think people are, are are exaggerating on the sense of, like, did you see how Duke kind of struggled? And is there, like, a blueprint to beat him? Well, yeah, make Zion uncomfortable. But it, it's easier said than done. The guy's built uh, at, at, like, 19 the way LeBron's built at 33. So, it's like, yeah, sure, go ahead and try to stop Zion, and you let me know how that, how that pans out for you. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say I am enjoying college basketball a lot more now that I'm doing the show with you guys and like, it's good to pay attention to it, um, than ever before, (laughs) because before I would just be like, (laughs) oh, whoever the final two teams are, that's all I'm watching.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: by the way, I think it's funny that,
0: uh, you know, essentially we're like, yeah, you know, if you can, if you can limit Zion, if you can like. If you can, like, make him have to work really hard to get his buckets, you know, obviously that's that's going to, you know, help you beat Duke. And, and by, like, limit Zion or Zion not having, like, a great game, we mean, like, he shot 50% from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 5 of 7 from the stripe, had 11 rebounds, 32 points, <laughs> and only three
3: turnovers, <laughs> with
0: four assists and a steal. <laughs> like, like he's still fucking balling, dude. Like, this, the man is just—he's incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing—if you can make him uncomfortable, though, um, and, and make those other guys feel like they got to step up to do stuff—I uh, will give Reddish uh, a little bit of shine here. Um, he only attempted eight shots, but he was five of eight. Um, obviously, Derrett had, like, kind of the play of the game. Um, and, and he wasn't, like, terribly inefficient either. Um, in fact, the team wasn't terribly inefficient. I mean, 44.8% from the field, that's not terrible. It's not good or great. it's not terrible. Um, and, uh, I mean, honestly, Trey Jones, you know, was the, the, the most inefficient player uh, in the game. Um, one of eight from three. And just like Ashton Hagen's, I don't want Trey Jones shooting threes if I'm Coach K. That's not his game. He's not a good three-point shooter. Um, Definitely don't want him attempting eight of them. Uh, Like, give those shots to to anybody else. Um, But the the, the sad truth of the matter is, um, like, this team actually, like, outperformed – uh, in some respects, than you know what they're generally usually capable of. Um, R.J. Barrett going two of three from three point range. Uh, Reddish going three of four from three point range. They've been wildly inconsistent all year. Um, both of those are, guys are hovering in the low thirties as far as their um, three point percentage for the season. Um, so Duke is really fucking lucky, um, like lucky that a lot of these shots ended up falling. Um, lucky that. Some of the night shots didn't end up falling. Um, lucky that, you know, a couple of the calls, you know, went their way. Um, as it pertains to the fix being in or any of that, I always kind of just roll my eyes at any of that. Um, just simply because it's something it's – like, it's like when someone's, like, you know, um, uh, tries to tell you their religion is the only true, like, religion, or, you know, an atheist tries to be like, well, you know, there is no God. It's like it's the same way I feel like when people are like, "Well, you know, it's like it's all rigged." It's like you have no fucking proof of that. Like you can't
3: like, so like
0: I could sit here and be like, "Uh, yes, I agree with you or yes, I disagree with you, but it's all a moot point." There's no reason for us to even fucking discuss it because there's no proof to be had. So, you know, I I just I I just kind of roll my eyes at it. Um and you know, if you look at a game, there was a couple plays um in, uh, I want to say it was maybe the Kentucky game. Uh, it was either the Kentucky game or the Tennessee game. I can't remember. But there was, like, a, a string where one of those two teams, Kentucky or Tennessee, was like picked, like had three calls to go against them in a row. And I'm like, motherfucker, the fix is in, or some shit like that, um, just jokingly, not actually meaning it. And then, like, right after that, they, whichever team it was, we'll just say Tennessee, I think it was Tennessee, had, like, two calls. That like should have gone the other way, go their way, and I was like, oh, okay, it so, was you know. It usually balances out, and that's how everything is. Like it, generally speaking, usually balances out. It's very rare that you get you know a situation where it doesn't, um, because it's just. But I mean, <laughs> the refs are human too, so. Um,
1: what what, what I always find funny about the the idea of the fix being in for college basketball is. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Isn't the whole fun of college basketball the idea of a Cinderella story, the idea of right. the, the big-name teams being knocked off for the team that you yep, really yeah. saw coming being the one that wins? Yep. So it's like if you're the NCAA, wouldn't you want Duke to have lost? Because that's the biggest – that's the more interest. Like people then go, well, if all the, the big-name mm. favorites are out, I want to see the who, who of the little guys can win it.
0: I see. Think you would prefer Duke to have? I think this is the perfect scenario, honestly. I think you would prefer Duke to have almost lost, and so that can be your narrative um, if you're the NCAA, because Duke ultimately is still the most followed team. Um, and if you just bust seventy-five percent of people's brackets now, um, maybe people aren't as interested in as, as you know in watching. Um, but here's the thing, like, for for that to be a thing, um, then it would basically have to be like the NCAA would have to be paying off these refs, um, you know, and it's not like the same refs ref the, the Duke game, you know, the, every time. So they'd have to be paying off these refs and, like, paying them extra side money to make sure Duke wins. Like, you know, we want it to be, like, competitive, like, close game, but let's make sure they win. Like, there's Very little way that you can guarantee that. The only way you can, like, have a surefire fix um, is if you're, like, essentially uh, either, like, on the team throwing games or if you're a guy like uh, Tim Donahue and, you know, you're basically studying up to be able to keep games in a structure of, you know, how you want them to go, Um, but even still, like, that's really fucking difficult. It, it it's it, it's more the simplest answer answer is usually the true answer. And to me, I I just don't buy into stuff like that. I just don't. I don't give it a lot of credence. Um, but you know, people are going to think what people want to think. Uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, as, as far as my takeaways, um, I, I I'm going to go kind of hot takey here. I think. Jared Culver is the third best prospect in this fucking class. Um, he look, He's looked really good. I've been following him all season. He's kind of steadily rising up my draft board. Um, I Don't get me wrong, I would still take R.J. Barrett, namely because, like, if you pass on him and then he becomes something fucking amazing, you get shot on. Um, so I don't think I would have the balls to take Culver over Barrett. But if I could take Barrett and then trade down to get Culver, I probably would do it, um, depending on, like, what asset I could get back. Um, I really like this kid. I would love to see him on the Hawks. I think he's going to be a top-four pick. Um, I definitely see him going, uh, you know, before any of those other um, next guys after those top three. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I, call me crazy, but, like, Barrett's just been so wildly inconsistent. Um, and, you know, it would be the first time that we've seen, um, you know, a kid coming out of high school who was thought to be, you know, the best player coming in uh, to college, essentially not be, um, you know. And, obviously, John Morant's also a sophomore um, and is pretty much locked up the number two spot, in my opinion, as far as, Maybe not number two overall pick, but as far as the number two prospect. Um, Culver, um, he's kind of already done the, done it for me. But I think if he has, you know, a couple big games and gets this team to the Final Four or even the Elite Eight, um, you know, that could be huge, um, you know, as far as his draft stock. And I think he could do it. I got him going to the Elite Eight. We'll see if they can, you know, can prove me right there. Um, but, man, this kid, really fucking good. Uh, Matisse Stiebel was another one of mine, um, but we've already pretty much touched on that, um, uh, you know, with, with Lukes. Um, honestly, the the other sort of, I guess, kind of big takeaway for me would be Grant Williams um, and, and Admiral Schofield, the guys at Tennessee. Um, they're such an interesting pair because – you know if you watch the the um the most recent game that they played uh essentially Schofield dominated the first half and then and then um Williams dominated the second half uh Schofield just kind of went cold and got into some foul trouble eventually fouled out um Grant Williams man this kid i would be surprised if he slips out of the top 20 at this point um I, I don't see him going really much higher than that, I feel like, but I feel like he solidified that pick. He, and I think it's going to be interesting because he and uh, Luke's PJ are so similar um, in, in their playing style and, and, you know, their fit and, and everything else. Um, those two guys, it's going to be interesting to see those two in the NBA and you know, how they sort of pan out and if there's anything that we can look back on once we have four or five years of them um, to see. Cause right now I got those two guys like neck and neck. Um, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see those two guys. And if we can decipher anything a few years from now to figure out, well, what did I miss here? Why is this player way better than this one? Or do they just end up being about the same? Um, and where do they stack with everybody else? I'll be really interested to see this um, and, and how it all plays out. But Grant Williams, man, going down the stretch of that game into overtime, his team needing him to step up big, and fuck, did he ever. Um, like, dude, he just went to town in the in the overtime period um, and was basically just willed his team to victory. That um, was a very, very uh, clutch performance by Grant Williams uh, of Tennessee. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are kind of my, my standout things. At the moment, um, I do want to give a quick shout-out to um, those kids over at Oregon um, and the kids over at Auburn. Um, you know, a couple a couple teams that I, I did fortunately pick, and they – well, that I picked, and fortunately enough for me, that they, um, you know, panned out uh, to make the Sweet 16. Um, kind of been, you know, overlooked by a lot. I think probably more people had Auburn going. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, both those teams, those, those are probably the two hottest teams right now. Both won their uh, conference championships, um, came into the tournament very hot, you know, very hyped, um, not hyped by, you know, the outside, but hyped themselves. And, man, they've both come to play. Um, the, the, that kid, uh, uh, Okiki or Okeki, uh, for Auburn, he looks like he's going to be an interesting prospect. I don't know if he's going to come out this year. Um, He may, you know, stay another year. Um, But I think he'll be, um, you know, an early second round to mid-second round pick um, if he does opt to come out. Uh, And I think he could be a really good player. A couple guys over at Oregon King, uh, I think he should stay. Um, I I, I think it would be a mistake for him to leave now um and i like this Wooten kid i you know I, I had him on my board earlier this season and then he kind of got a little rusty throughout the year um but he's playing very well at the right time um i think when i go back and kind of revisit uh at my post um final four uh uh volume 4 of my board uh i'm going to have to put him back up there cuz he's he's been impressive Um, throughout this run for them, Uh, and they seem to kind of, you know, kind of finally figured it out. So um, shout-out to those guys as well. Uh, But anyway, let's move on. Um, So, you know, I had to bring this up, guys, Uh, (laughs) because, you know, why wouldn't I? Um, So after a buzzer-beater finish against the Philadelphia 76ers, Trey Young got a few shout-outs. Uh, for rookie of the year from Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Kuzma, and Blake Griffin, um, we've talked about it a little bit um, here and there. Pretty much every opportunity uh, you know I get to throw it on the show, I try to. <laughs> um, but hey, I also try to throw out you know that that New York stuff uh, you know for for uh, you and Joel Joanne, and I do actually try to throw in some good Boston stuff for Luke, but he's never on when we. We end up talking about it. Um,
2: uh, Good Boston um, stuff. Do what now? Every time we do good Boston stuff, you mean every time we do terrible, we're just playing like crap, and you want to talk about how shitty they are? That's not good Boston talk.
0: Well, I talk about the good stuff too. I mean, they've just been really dramatic
2: this year. The the last (laughs) couple of ones have just been very terrible. Celtics play talk and I can't get any more yeah. tears their words on them. <laughs> I hear you. Um my condolences. Um
0: but not really. <laughs> like I mean, you you do have the Red Sox and the Patriots, so I'm not going to feel that bad for you, bro. <laughs> like so let's just be real. Um but uh Trey Young man well like I don't want to make this like a rookie of the year conversation per se, um, because we're gonna have our um, end of the season awards coming out very shortly. We've got about no more than ten games left in the season, if that. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have plenty of time to discuss that. Um, but uh, what what is your takeaway from? Um, I mean, and we've discussed his play down the stretch. We can all agree he's been fucking terrific uh, for the last several months. But what are your takeaway from? like these sort of other, you know, know, maybe one star player and then two up-and-coming potential star players, Um, you know, giving some shout-outs and uh, essentially, like, from their point of view, saying, yeah, I mean, this this kid, like, this kid's fucking great. Uh, Particularly, I mean, Donovan Mitchell just got through playing against him um, the night before he uh, hit the buzzer beater uh, to, to beat Ben Simmons. Uh, so it's like, you know, essentially I say Ben Simmons, but the reason I say that is, uh, you know, Trey young, uh, in two nights just beat the second place rookie of the year from last year. And the first place rookie of the year from last year, two nights in a row, beat their respective teams. Um, and you know, then you get Donovan Mitchell basically coming out and being like, dude, I just played against this cat. I mean, you just saw it. Like he's rookie of the year. Uh, and then of course you get Kuzma who who chimes in, and then Blake who chimes in. Um, but what you know, what are your thoughts on you know these players kind of stumping uh, for Trey Young, Um,
1: I mean, you know, it's uh, I was listening to the jump, and according to Rachel Nichols, um, those guys are close. Um, so I, it, it makes sense, but it's not one of those um, just lobbying for your guys. Um, he has a a good case for Rookie of the Year. I personally, excuse me, um, still give the edge to Luca for full body of mm-hmm. work. Um, but, yeah, Trey Trey did... Trey, right now, is changing the narrative. The narrative no longer is...
0: You oh, the narrative done been Luca. changed, bro. Oh,
1: no, no. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, through <laughs> through since the All-Star game, his level of play, it, it's no more of, man, you pass up on Luca. It's now Yeah, either way, you got a really,
2: really, really good player.
1: Um, I I think at at most – I I think they'll both be all-stars. I'll say that. Uh, Trey Young, especially being in the East, where there's, like, maybe three, like, elite point guards in the East, um, you're definitely going to be an all-star over there. That's 100%. And Luka Doncic, it's just like you now got Chris Stops. And Dirk might come back. So it's like, yeah, Hardaway there. Like, you got a nice team over there. Um, to help you grow into the legend that I think Luca is gonna is gonna become. Um but yeah Trey Young's play has been just insane. Like I, I I'm glad we got out of the comparing him to Steph Curry and it's now just evaluating Trey Young for being Trey right. Young. Um yes. he's he's elevated the Atlanta Hawks to to um exciting basketball. Like I, I find myself trying to see when's the next time the Hawks play. Um, and I haven't felt that since the, the Joe Johnson years. Uh, not Joe Johnson. Josh, yeah. yeah, Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, um, Al Horford um, yeah. years, where I was just like, I, I have to watch these all games. Like, it's so much fun. Um, that's what he's done, and you, you got to just commend him for not hitting. Well, it's funny because he hit the rookie wall early. Usually, rookies start right. really hot, then hit it. Um, he flipped it, <laughs> which if you're a Hawks <laughs> fan, you're Because <glad. laughs> yeah. now it kind of feels like you don't have to worry about that slide going into next year. He got all of it out of it. Right. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, I honestly think you got Luca and you got Trey, who are both going to become um, these all-star elite players in their respective conferences. Um, and like I said, I'm just glad the narrative has changed to where people aren't now saying, like, you're going to regret not just Keeping Luca now it's yeah sure. I'm kinda glad we got the guy that we got, like he's perfect for our team,
0: yeah, you know I mean, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute when we really kind of dissect this trade, um, but yeah, I mean that that certainly kind of was the narrative it uh, I mean, y'all know i I mean, I felt that way, um you know when when the trade went down, uh, you know, I was like, why, like, I don't think this is a good idea, um. You know, it kind of seems like we're, you know, just trying to, you know, make make a like kind of rebuild the Warriors um, roster, and you know, that's that doesn't seem like a great idea. It's like lightning in a bottle. Like, you really is that really what you're trying to do here? Um, and you know, the the more I've had time to process it and and look at Trey's play, and of course Herter's play, and um, Collins jump. Um, it, it – the picture starts to unfold in a slightly different manner than, oh, we're just trying to recreate the Warriors. Um, so, but yeah, uh, that, it is good that we're getting away from it, both narratives. The the narrative that um, the Hawks made some sort of um, franchise-altering mistake by making that deal, and the other narrative um, of, you know, we we have to compare – uh, you know, Trey Young to Steph Curry because they're both you know these these smaller uh, point guards who can drain 35 foot jump shots. Um, because honestly, other than that, they're not a whole lot alike. I mean, Steph is not the passer that that Trey is. Um, like they, and particularly wasn't you know at at such a young point in his career. Steph has always kind of well, at least. Since they've been good, Steph has always kind of played off ball and is way fucking better at playing off ball than Trey is. Um, to running around screens and all that kind of stuff, that's not Trey's game, that's Steph's game. Um, so other than just being these undersized guards that can hit 35-footers, their games are not really that similar.
1: Um, they, like, they both, yeah, they both also have, have a point pretty good handles.
0: Yeah, no, they do. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you could certainly throw that in there too. Um, but I mean more of how they approach the game um it's just they're they're not they're very different um and you know i think I think the fact that we've seen trace playmaking and the fact that we you know for you know any sort of basketball more than novice but particularly like aficionados um like we know how steph approaches the game and and how that Team operates and it's 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 just very different um, from the way that Trey does. Um, you know, obviously Draymond uh, is a big part of um, manufacturing points on that offense. Um, prob- you know, I would argue a bigger part than what Steph actually is. Um, Steph is is more there. He kind of acts as a shooting guard. Um, they just you know they they put the right pieces together um, to make that team. And that's not what we're doing here in Atlanta. Like Trey is going to be the person that manufactures, uh, the points on this offense. And as soon as we can get, um, you know, more talent around him, um, you know, the, the easier that's going to be. Um, so yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I do, I do want to, I'm not going to talk about this like really, but I, I, I'm going to, We'll call this a teaser for um, the argument that I will put forth on behalf of Trey uh, for Rookie of the Year. And I'm going to put forth this argument whether I end up picking him or not. I still haven't decided. Um, I'm, I'm taking this down to the wire because um, it is that close to me. Um, but this narrative that, uh, that Rookie of the Year is that, it's Rookie of the Year, not Rookie of the second half of the season. Um, it's also not Rookie of the first half of the season. Um, And Luke has been playing, like, shit recently. For the month of March, he's shooting uh, 62% from the free throw stripe, 24% from three, and, like, 39% from the field, I think. Um, Like, that's bad. Uh, And so, like, people don't point that out. Like, they just – I I very rarely hear um, anybody bring that up, Uh, and and so – Everybody wants to talk about what a terrible November Trey had, and it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but you can't say, well, it's a whole season award, and then just act like Luca didn't have a shit, shitty fucking March. And furthermore, you can't bring up, well, you know, after they made that Porzingis trade, he didn't have as good a team around him. Well, Trey hasn't had as good a team around him all fucking season, so like that 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 argument doesn't really help your cause either. Um, so I'm like stirring in a lot of these different, um, a lot of these different, uh, things, um, you know, in making my decision. Um, but that, Hey, right now they're locked like head to head in field goal percentage and three point percentage and true shooting percentage. Um, like they're, they're locked up there. Like everything's like super, t- super tight, like, I think Trey's got a little bit of a heads-up in him in three-point percentage. Luke has a little bit more of a heads-up in field goal percentage. Um has got a slight edge in true shooting, um, but everything's super fucking close. Trey's got, like, a big lead on him uh, as far as free throw percentage and assists, but Lucas has got the rebounds. So, like, it's, it's going to come down to the wire for me. I'm gonna, I'm going to have to see how everything shakes out throughout the whole season, um, and And you know see how this year finishes out before I can even come up with anything um luke though what what were your thoughts uh i guess on anything that you know we've thrown out here but specifically um you know these these uh three dudes uh sort of um, vouching or uh or st- uh you know um stumping for for trey, if you will
2: I know. I mean, it's great that you know he's gotten some NBA rep, but regardless of these NBA players, what they have, you you know, I've been preaching this, guys, and I've definitely been preaching it later. I'm running with this. We cannot Lamar Jackson, Trey Young. I mean, you just said it, Nick. Who cares that he had a terrible November? He's had a great after that. He's going to end the season way better than what Luke is playing at right now. And, And you didn't you didn't touch on this yet, but Trey Young got Player of the Week. This isn't rookie of the week right this is player of the week in the east that's everyone in the east he played better than and all that no rookie has done that i mean i i was trying to look it up Uh, i was looking on atlanta radio so i'm going off of some of like you know atlanta bias but they said no rookie has done that like ever so that's a big like accomplishment i mean you just showed a lot of people so you got to hold that like accountable i mean Luca, like you said he's been not playing that great i mean yeah, you can blame it on the team's not that great. But like you said, Trey's had ran into that play. I mean, in November you can look at John Collins is coming back from I don't know if he, he comes back in the middle of November he out or if he's just comes back November. from his Yeah, all of the November. So he's coming up that they lost. Uh Here's not playing the what he's uh, done, so a lot more. But Jung's done a lot. I mean, I really think like you're saying, it's gonna come down the wire. I'm still kind of slightly on the Luca thing, but I wanna like I don't know, man. I just feel like it's not like last year's race where it's like can this be two people splitting it. I do feel like there should be a definitive winner, but I do feel like people are just holding the fact that Luca just came out right out of the gate just like just like wowing everyone and Trey's had to take some time and all that because if you really looked at it, I mean, that that end of the play, I mean, that drawn up play against the Sixers, that's a really like great play. I mean, Lucas had some he's had that yeah. in his thing too, but that's that's a ballsy, like, go down with your floater. I mean, that's not something that we knew. Or well, one Trey's of the best immune. defenders
0: in the league.
2: Yeah, and we, just straight we, up we just we put just... it like, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm still on the whole. I'm running my hashtag. Don't Lamar Jackson, this guy. The hopefully the writers are starting to come around and all that because it doesn't come down to – that's the bad thing about these awards. It doesn't come down to players and coaches and all that who can be – Sense of all that, it comes down to writers, and I'm just hoping it's not like a writer's block and all that, and they're just like going to be biased and just kind of like mail this one in. They've mailed it in since January. That they really take a look at it, right. and look at this body of work, and really like see like you can go if you want to even go small run sample size. I'd rather take the the small run sample size, like the five game that y- uh, Young had at the 30 points, than a good five uh, like best five game run that. Lucas had, because I'm pretty sure Lucas sure. hasn't had that over a good five years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things like, don't I get me wrong, Lucas great. He's going to be great for the oh, whole yeah. rest of his like career and all that, and Young will be too, but I do think that we should just be paying more attention that this race is in a clear runaway. And coming down to these last couple of games, I mean, like you said, they just beat two playoff teams that are contending, like that are like great. really fighting for a playoff season. The Hawks have no business winning, and it's and, it's, I mean, you know, it's other people, too, are playing well on the Hawks. But like you said, you, you kind of hinted into it, it earlier when you were giving some shout-outs to other players in the college and, and the Heaters and, you know, everything's working out for you guys. But it's just, I don't know, Young is just, I don't know, he's really just impressive in his passing. And just he's just gotten better as a player, and I just don't want to hold his n- terrible November against him because his numbers aren't that bad. And especially if you take out that month, his, number, his numbers are really good.
0: Yeah, and and also another thing with that Philly game, um, Trey looked good defensively. Um, they had him play Reddick, which means he had to chase Reddick's ass around that whole game,
3: <laughs>
0: or not the whole game, but for for extended periods of play, he was guarding JJ, which means you got to fight uh, through and under and over you know multiple screens and all that kind of shit. Um, and it's interesting because actually. Um, Brian Windhorst mentioned that he had talked to Trey, and they essentially told him that he was going to be guarding Reddick, which obviously makes sense, I mean, as far as his, his height is concerned. But it's, it, it was essentially a challenge um, for him, uh, and, and that's what he, what he told Windhorst was, it, you know, it was a challenge for me. I mean, it's, you know, people talk about how the league's not physical anymore. Well, yeah, you try to chase J.J. Reddick through all of these fucking bodies Um, And tell me the league's not fucking physical. Like, it's pretty physical when you're trying to chase around one of the best, you know, guys to get around screens and hit threes. Um, And he did pretty fucking well. He did a pretty good job on him. Uh, And, you know, so I think um, he's never going to be a great defender. He's probably never even going to be a good defender. But I like that he took that challenge upon him. And was like, sure, I'll fucking if that's what the team wants me to do, needs me to do, I'll try to chase JJ Reddick's ass around. And he did a pretty good job. Like, I, I like there there were several plays. I think he he had like a steal at one point. Uh, I can't remember exactly, um, but like, yeah, he definitely had a steal at one point. Where um, or no, I think he uh, it wasn't a steal. He um, he he uh, Reddick caught the pass uh, near the. Um, Near the uh side of the court and and Trey kind of uh reached in and, and uh slapped the ball against him and it, and it hit off Reddick and went out of bounds and and you yeah, know so uh you know the hawks got the turnover um but like just little plays like that and it's 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 nice to see him giving uh giving the effort putting forth the effort um which is you know something that we haven't seen all season um i think. The fact that his offensive game is starting to flow a little bit, um, it gives him, you know, a, a probably a better ability to concentrate on defense. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna see how you know the, the tail end of the season plays out. But like I said, I mean, if you just take a fucking look at the stats, man, they're all pretty. They've all pretty much evened out, um, and we still got like ten games left. So I mean, they could look. Even more in Trey's favor um, at the actual end of the season, um, I, I I think I'm with you, Juwan, and Luke. I'm still leaning Luca, um, but I I just don't. I get frustrated by the narrative that it's it, either it's obviously Luca or people who decided it was Luca, like you said, uh, Luke, back in January, and then are just unwilling to even hear a discussion um like it it was made a discussion you know over a month ago like six weeks ago um and it's more than just a discussion now (laughs) like so um people need to wise up because like my dude's fucking going off and he needs some fucking uh need, need some respect on that name uh and i'm glad that um at least some of these nba players are coming out and uh you know Throwing that respect towards him. Um, I will say this, though, just a quick side note. um, uh, Both Trey – I heard this earlier. Both Trey and um, uh, Donovan Mitchell are also with Adidas. Um, And um, Donovan Mitchell, I feel like just in general, like he was the guy who came on at the tail end of last season, and he was going against the guy who had played well – you know, throughout the entire season and, you know, the kind of bigger dude. um, And he had to, like, you know, kind of fight his way there, being the smaller, had to be craftier. There's a lot of parallels here, um, which I think could lean towards him, him, like, just kind of having a bias, if you will, towards Trey. Um, As far as Kuzma, I can't find any discernible bias there. I think he probably just, you know, He was probably just like, yeah, man, I agree. I had to play against him. He was fucking great. Um, I mean, he did – that was the game uh, that I think was almost the nail in the coffin for the Lakers, was the game right before the the, um, All-Star break where the Hawks beat the Lakers. Um, But – and Trey did have a very good game in that one. Um, But uh, also, Blake Griffin, uh, Sooner. Sooner Nation, there. So, a little bias there. So, there may be some bias going on between two of these three guys, is all I'm saying. Um, So, you know, I I will say, Nick.
3: Yeah.
1: I will say, when you get a chance, uh, if you go to ESPN.com and um, just type in Trey Trey and Luca's name, they have something where you Mm can split it, where you can see, like, the points and stuff that they average October, November, December, January, yeah. February, March, pre All Star, post All Star. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at sure. it and I'm kind of like one of the positives for Luca. I get what you guys are saying. Like, he hasn't been that tremendous since the All Star game. His numbers haven't drastically dropped either. It's kind of just been right there. Um, obviously, Trey has had way better numbers no, since the All Star game. It's been game. his
0: efficiency. His efficiency,
1: right, his efficiency has been horrendous. Right, right. But I think the issue we're going we're gonna to face is, like, what Donovan came up against Ben last year was, Ben was the overwhelming favorite. And then Donovan came on. And then it was just like, oh, wait, Donovan not only is, like, balling, but he put this team to, like, the, the playoffs. Coming on hot in the second half, people already had their mind made up and then Ben just kept it consistent. Then Ben had that one huge game against LeBron towards the end of the season that really gave you that look at, like, yeah, it, it, it looks like it might be Ben. So if Luka has one of those huge moments against Golden State and they play all their guys, um, you could see the same kind of thing. But I agree with you guys. I don't think it's like Luka dot, 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 then Trey. They're right there, but I think you'll have the same situation you had last year um, to where it's like you have the overwhelming favorite, then the other guy comes on super hot that you can't ignore him. But then it's kind of like, yeah, but this guy I feel like has been doing it longer. So I I think that's where you're going to come up with. And it's one of those things where it's like Ben was more popular. Luca was more popular. Donovan then came on and took the shine, just like Trey is looking like he's doing but it just looks like they're going to go with that overwhelming favorite guy that they had at the beginning of the year. Yeah, like look, I've got no doubt in my mind that
0: Luca will win rookie of the year. Um I really don't I think he will win it. I'm just saying like I what I'm saying is whether he should or not. <laughs> and gotcha. I, I think I think there is like I'm I'm talking about it as as For my personal pick um and you know I'm still undecided I got it you know like I said I got it and I even said as of right now I'm probably still leaning Luca um you know I, I I'm obviously trying my best to like set my bias aside um but you know I I still think I I think that that you know, there. You know, I've already kind of said it, but I, I do think that there is um, a, a, an unnecessary um, narrative that uh, you know, Luca somehow had just been so so constant throughout the season. And while his points and, and rebounds and everything have, as of lately, his efficiency has just been terrible. And you can't argue his free throw percentage. His free throw percentage has been. Steadily going down all season. Um, and Trey's has been steadily going up. Um, now, I know it's only one aspect of the game, but, you know, we mentioned a lot of the other stuff. But, hey, we'll have plenty of time to um, discuss that when we get into, uh, you know, the um, our end-of-the-season uh, awards. Um, but, anyway, um, I just want to try, to try to do this relatively quickly. We'll probably only touch on the actual really big names here. Um, just try to review some of this season's trades um, and and kind of the effect that they've had. Um, I feel like we've talked about Trey and Luca enough. um, So let's just skip that one. Um, Kristaps going to um, the Mavs, not really a lot to assess there. The only thing that I will say is I do worry about how the fit is going to work with Luca. I really like Luca playing the point forward position because they can essentially, um, you know, basically hide him on defense. Um, where, you know, when you have Luca, are you going to, or where you have KP6, are you going to play him at center? I, I don't necessarily like that, mainly for his health, um, you know, going up against those big bodies in the paint. So that concerns me a little bit. Um, anything that you would want to add to, uh, to that, uh, Juwan?
1: Um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, and, and the reason why I think they'll be fine is KP was able to play successfully, um, one next to Cantor, um, and you kind of had to help defensively a lot. Um, and he played really well with Mello. So it's like if you could play really well with Carmelo, who is super ball dominant and plays no defense at all, like not even like a liability, like he doesn't even try to. Um, And if you can kind of somewhat max that, um, I think he'll be fine. And the idea of him playing center, um, it's kind of what New York was kind of getting him ready for, was to be a center. Um, So I wouldn't rush him back into being a a five, but it is something I would let him know that it it is in your future. You're going to be the five for this team because of how great you are defensively with your length and your ability to um, protect the rims. Sure. I mean, if I'm if, if I'm the Mavs, I'm letting KP know that that is in your future.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that brings me, I guess I'll, – I'll, let me kind of follow
1: this up because
0: a lot of their – I guess a lot of how good this team can be is going to depend on what they do this off season. They've got a max cap spot. Um, they've got a few decisions to make um, there. But after this off season, they're going to be pretty much locked up. They've got to give um, – KP, that, that extension. Um, so thereafter, you're probably not looking at Max Money again. I think if I'm them, uh, I really want to fucking go after Jimmy Butler or maybe even Kimba Walker, but I'd rather go after Jimmy Butler because I want Luka to have the ball. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the best fit. I just think that I. I don't want to go get a guy like Nikola Vucevic Um, because I do – I think you're right. If you can get KP6 healthy and to play that five spot and you can hide Luka at the four and then you can build your offense and defense around that, um, that makes the most sense to me. And I think Jimmy Butler, his versatility of basically being able to guard one through three um, and essentially play one through three – Offensively, even uh, like I think that helps them out a lot. Um, I think they're kind of a sleeper team for Jimmy. Um, if the if the Sixers don't give him a great offer, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I think I'd probably rather go play in Dallas than go to LA. What What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. I mean, because we saw a bunch of these guys saying how much they um they were interested in playing with KP. Um, again, it could have been them playing with KP in the big city, but I think it's just KP in right. general. I mean, the guy's able to do so much, and he makes he makes playing basketball so much easier for guys um, because you have guys thinking twice about driving to the lane because of his ability to block the ball, alter the shot. Um, he's essentially Mitchell Robinson. If Mitchell Robinson had a bit of offensive ability, um, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things to where it's just like it makes – things so much easier you can fast break um but i'm with you if you can get luke at the four which i think he's fine playing one two three four um and then kp to buy into being that five um and then you could bring in the jimmy butler i don't know if you still keep tim hardaway or not um but figure out well yeah i mean you'd have to
0: he's on the books but like yeah i don't know if you would
1: then want to move him. oh well yeah i don't know if you could
0: um but I, I mean, I think ultimately, right? I think I think you're operating under the assumption that he's going to be there. Um, so I mean, in, in my kind of thought process, it's let's get you know essentially let's do what the Sixers do with Ben Simmons, um, and you know, essentially like we'll let Luca run the point, um, but then we'll just get like you know Hardaway and Jimmy. Um, and then you know one other kind of wing player. You, you you still got Courtney Lee. That that would actually probably be my starting lineup, honestly. Because um, yeah. you got like three kind of versatile um, guards, guard forward types um, to you know play on the wing. Um, then you got Luca distributing the ball, um, and you got KP six inside. Um, you're Probably gonna suffer a little bit on the boards. Um, but you know, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy's a slouch on the boards. Um, he, he's not afraid no, to get in there body guys. Um, so I don't know. I think that could be interesting uh, if they wanted to go that route. If they're willing to commit to four years of Butler. Um, but you know, the fact that they've traded so many of their assets away,
1: I don't I don't necessarily
0: know if they have a better option at this point. You know what I mean? Like, and no, they need to get a free agent don't.
1: this off season. I think Jimmy Butler might be their guy. I think they should really press hard for him. And as much as I don't want them to get Jimmy, because I think it's really oh, good with the East having some Jimmy. semblance, um, some semblance of stars. I'd rather some of these bigger names that are in the East stay in the East because it's so little. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Jimmy, if, if you can get Jimmy over to Dallas, you then on paper, I mean, let me stress that, on paper, you're looking at a powerhouse of a starting five. um, over in Dallas. I oh, would go that Luka, far. Well, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. We know okay. what KP was pre-injury, right? Where we were sure. talking all-star, yes. KP was, was looking to be a star in this league. Um, yes. You got Jimmy, who's already a star. Yes. Um, you got Luka, who's a growing star. And then you have sure. a great role player in, in Hardaway who could be your J.J. Nah. Um, nah. no I, I'm not comparing him to J.J. I'm just saying the idea of a guy who can just catch and shoot if the guys are doubled, or someone who can he's create, he's not
0: He's not that efficient. I think Courtney Lee sets that bill more, um, but which is not, fine.
1: Which is fine. But to not me, still, Tim Hardaway is a you got, guy you can you got guys who get can still get you fifteen to twenty on the wing.
0: You've got guys who can shoot on the wing, and that's what every right. team wants. So,
1: right. Fair enough. So I think that big three in Dallas could easily make enough noise to work themselves in a position to get themselves to the Western Conference Finals. I would actually I would actually pick if that up. Yes, yeah. If K D leaves. Yes, if K D leaves. Yes, yes, yes. But I yeah. would I would put that um, as my dark horse and yeah, go ahead. Well yeah, no, I mean it
0: it'd be a very interesting lineup. I mean and I and I do think they still would have the money um to hang on to 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 hang on to the cap holds of Dorian Finney Smith and Maxie Kleber. Um, so they could bring those guys back. Um, you know, and, and just essentially roll with that lineup. They got Jalen Brunson to be their backup point guard. Um, and then you could you know, like use bet minimums on anybody else. Um shit, might as well bring Dirk back another year if you're gonna make a playoff run. Um and well, someone you know, um
1: someone said something that I thought was funny. Like someone was saying how um like everyone's assuming Dirk is retiring next year, but like Dirk never said it. So like, just Mm-mm. because Wade's retiring, I think we're lumping Dirk into that. But I'm sure Dirk yeah, would I think, want a farewell. I think Adam Silver the same
0: way as Wade. I think Adam Silver's as guilty of that as anybody.
3: <laughs> he was oh, 100%, like, hundred well, percent.
0: Yeah, he was like, well, we'll throw we'll throw Dirk in there, and Dirk's like, uh, I mean, okay, but I mean, I'm not. <laughs> never said I was leaving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I planned on playing again next year. Like, that that was really rude. Right. But yeah, I don't think this is – I think if you're Dirk, you want exactly what Wade has, which is a farewell tour. And the best way to do yeah. it if you're Dirk is knowing that KP is healthy and that team has a shot yeah. at the playoffs. So playoffs is your last time playing Dallas Mavericks basketball. So no, unless, I think you, unless you have a kobe S performance on the last game
0: of the season, and then maybe you just fucking right off in the sunset with that.
1: Yeah, but I think Kobe's retirement was because of the injury. So it was the thing of this oh, injury yeah. is really bad. So I'm I have to retire. I don't think Dirk is there. <laughs> so if he does that, well, it will be a shock because I'll, he's never said he wanted to retire. We need to,
0: yeah, uh, we need to move on. But I just real quick, I'll say this. Um, I think that Kobe. Knew because of his injury he had lost a step, and Dirks lost a step regardless of any injury. So I think that's the thing. Um, but, you know, hey, ultimately it's Dirks' decision, and you know what? Ultimately, if he wants to come back on a vet minimum, um, like Mark Cuban should let him come back as many years as he wants to on a vet minimum because he owes that man everything. Um, so like, like just, it, as long as Dirk wants to be there, you leave an open roster spot for him. And if you ever don't do it, then fuck you, Mark Cuban. Um, but anyway, um, uh, let's, let's touch quickly, uh, Kawhi, DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think in retrospect, I like the deal for both teams. I, I, I will say this, uh, because I was thinking about this the other day, and this is honestly kind of the real reason that I wanted to bring up this whole fucking topic. I'm going to be 100% honest here. I would so much prefer if the Spurs had traded for Drew Holiday. Um, Let me paint this picture for you. Um, They trade Kawhi to New Orleans um, for Drew Holiday and Nikola Miritich, and they throw in Danny Green. Um, so at that point, New Orleans would have um, uh, Danny Green, uh, or Elford Payton, Danny Green, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Anthony Davis, and Julius Randle as their starting five. That's the kind of move that could have maybe you know, made Anthony Davis happy throughout the season, and you didn't get into all this fucking bullshit throughout the year. And if you're the Spurs, like, could you imagine them having a guy like Drew Holiday fucking guarding the wing? Um, Like, DeRozan is fine. Like, he's a solid player. He ain't any kind of defensive threat. Um, Drew Holiday would would be amazing on that team. Miritich hitting threes, sliding Aldridge to the four, they got, like, these two bigs who can, like, fucking hit threes. Uh, well, Miritich can hit threes. Alders can hit, you know, jump shots from three feet inside the three-point line. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think that would have been really interesting uh, in hindsight. Uh, I don't think the Spurs ultimately wanted to trade into a Western Conference team, and I think that probably had a lot to do with why they ended up settling with Toronto. Um but I don't know. I was just thinking about that uh, a couple days ago, and thought, man, that would have been really fucking interesting. And you know what? If you're New Orleans and it didn't work out, and say like Kawhi leaves, you're in the same fucking boat you're in now without all the fucking drama that's ensued. And then you just go into, you know, Kawhi leaves in the off season, and you're like, well, all right, well, Anthony, do you want to extend? No, not really. Okay, we're gonna trade you now. I'm like, same boat, really. And it's not like you got that much from meritage anyway, so I don't know. I I I think that would have been very interesting. I guess the one downside to that would be that you would not have, um, you wouldn't still have Drew Holiday to, to trade, um, but you would have had a much better season. Um, and and who knows? Like, a, one little thing goes your way, and maybe Kawhi, um, like a a core of you know, Danny Green to hit threes, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Randall, like just gobbling, like just getting rebounds in the paint and everything. Maybe that's enough to um, make a big splash and, and, you know, then Katie walks and, and, you know, hey, maybe Kawhi would be like, fuck it, man, I don't know, I like playing with this Anthony Davis guy. Um, it would have been interesting is all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, um, I guess if you want to comment on that, but more, more so just the – Kawhi, uh, DeRozan swap.
1: Um, it's 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 a it's a fun idea that you gave, but they clearly didn't. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. They didn't want to trade West, like by any means. No. Um, so that was they just, didn't want to have never more competition. ever ever. Right, right. It was just they didn't want Kawhi to haunt them. Like if he was going to haunt them, they wanted it to be in the finals, um, not four or five times a year. Like they didn't want that. Um. So that was just never something that they were gonna do. But the uh, the trade itself, I mean, it, I I still want to know more, more more of why, like the why. I mean, Kawhi, you you started your career, um, as an NBA, you you were the um, what is it, the NBA Finals uh, MVP. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Yeah, you're the Finals MVP. Like, dude, I think it was your second, your first or second, no, your second or third year. You're the finals MVP. You were winning championships there, or a championship, rather, um, and you were in the finals back-to-back years. Like, I don't know how you look at that winning formula. It's just like when people say it's not fun to play in New England. They just won another Super Bowl. Like, how is it not fun doing the one thing you were playing sports for? Well, besides money. The other thing you were playing (laughs) that major sport for. I'll never understand that, like, ever. Um, So I I just will will always – be curious about that. But if you're San Antonio, DeMar DeRozan's been really good for you this year. Um, and if you're the Spurs, you haven't drastically taken a step back. You're still in the playoffs. Um, I can't remember what seed they're at now, but uh, they went from a team that we thought weren't going to make the playoffs to where now a lot of people are like, if you're playing the Spurs first round, you might not want it. <laughs> Like The Spurs are looking like a, a good team. Yeah. Um, well, but, I mean, if you're San Antonio... Especially...
0: Dude, if, if... Somehow the Spurs were able to square off against Portland in the first round, um, or you know I would I wouldn't necessarily like the odds against Denver, but I I would I would respect it, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. I think so, I think I mean, they got two matchups right now that they would feel very comfortable with.
1: Absolutely, and if you're the Spurs dealing away. A Finals uh, MVP player like Kawhi and getting back a DeMar DeRozan, that's not that bad. I mean, we've seen worse trades. I mean, you know. Um, sure. So, I mean, that's that's a solid trade. So, I don't think anyone's a loser. I think they both won that trade. Um, and if you're Toronto, if you keep Kawhi, then you definitely won that trade. I mean, you definitely both won that trade. Sorry. I'm going to be really
0: interested to see what they do with these two first-round picks. I can't remember the last time the Spurs had two first-round picks, um, yep. and they're just really good at drafting. Um, we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of progress out of Derek White this year. They drafted DeJounte Murray late. Um, they just they make usually m- more right decisions as far as drafting prospects than wrong ones. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be really interested to see um, who who they go for, what positions they target, all that kind of stuff. To really evaluate this trade long term, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And as far as if you're Toronto, like it, it makes all the sense in the world. Roll the fucking dice. Um, I don't think they're gonna keep him. Um, not not simply because he wants to be in LA, because um, we saw that narrative with Paul George and it didn't pan out. More so because I think the Clippers actually have a really legitimate team to offer him um and i think that will go a long way um as to selling him on the clippers not that the raptors don't they're just there's more questions there um you know you you have two really good young pieces in siakam and van vliet um but i don't think van vliet is really a a starting caliber guard i think he's like the best of the best kind of backup point guards, um, which is really good to have, but like that's not what I would quantify as like a great young role player. Um, it's like a really good young role player. Um, Siakam is great. Siakam is going to be fucking... He, he may very well be the most improved player of the year. Um, and he's fucking awesome. Uh, and Ananobi is um, solid. Um, I struggle to see how he fits with Kawhi um, and Siakam. At the same time, um, so that's a question. Um, but like, I mean, if you're looking at the Clippers lineup with Shea, they just picked up Landry Shamit. Um, they've got Lou Williams off the bench. They've got uh, Gallinari. Uh, they've got. Um, they just picked up um, uh, Zubats uh, from uh, the Lakers. Uh, they got Harrell off the bench. Uh, they got a really fucking good team of guys that are signed either signed through next year or in um Zubat's case, uh has a very, very low cap hold. Um so the the, the Clippers team looks really nice uh right now and I, I think that'll be the deciding factor, not him wanting to be in LA. Um damn, well we we ran a little long so we're gonna have to leave it there unfortunately. We'll we'll uh maybe delve back into some of this other other uh trades um next week um, Thursday, we're going to be off. Uh, it's obviously tournament time, um, so we're going to be off this Thursday. We'll be back next Tuesday and next Thursday. Uh, Dane uh, will obviously be on tomorrow with another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, so be sure to check that out. 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Wednesday. Um, and of course, uh, the whole gang will be here uh, on Sunday at 8 o'clock uh, for another episode of Geek Buys Live, so be sure to uh, check us out then. Uh, Jawan, man, thanks for joining me.
1: Absolutely, man. Have fun.
0: Indeed, sir. You as well. Uh, but until next time, we will see you then. Until then, that was terrible. Until then, <laughs> next time, when we
2: will, huh? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, anyway, uh, we're out. Peace. Peace.